Black people don't read. Reading is fundamental. Get a book, man. Get the great stories. The great thing about reading is that it broadens your, your life. You know, we all live our lives, but I think a reader lives a hundred other lives. Welcome back to Inspire Reads with Inspire Entertainment. I'm your host, Mohammed, joined by my co-host, Shamaki. Today, this is episode 11, and we'll be talking about a novel by Agatha Christie called The Murder of Roger, Roger Ackroyd. And this is a second Agatha Christie novel we've done. The first one was episode four of the podcast, which was... Three. Episode three. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on, Mo. Uh, What's wrong with you, like, man? <laughs> yeah, it was episode three of the podcast. Um, that was called The Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, you probably a lot of you probably saw um, the adverts for that for the films that was filmed out. Um, and uh, that was quite big. I still haven't watched it yet, but I enjoyed the book. Um, and this is another book that I enjoyed. Uh, that's two uh, two books in a row from Agatha Christie that I've knocked out of the park, that has knocked my uh, opinion out of the park. Um, so, uh, in the last podcast, I mentioned Agatha Christie being like the best-selling uh, novelist, I think, after the Bible or something. But yeah, my cousin fact-checked me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, um, it's the third... Uh, most selling book after the Bible and like William Shakespeare's works, Damn. from what I understand. And yeah, after we check the catalog, uh, her catalog in terms of what she's written in her library, it makes sense. She's written like she's, so she's written a lot. And when the, did she die? Do you know? No idea, man. I don't think it's that relevant. Like, what was she like about? Um, well, the Inspector Poirot books, mm. uh, from what I saw, the last two uh, was in the 1920s. So yeah, that's quite a while ago. So yeah. the way everything's written and the theme of it, very interesting. But yeah, today um, we're gonna do something. We're gonna do a little bit different in terms of timing and things like that. We're gonna try and challenge ourselves to talk a bit more smooth and succinct, and um, address our points more directly rather than um, ramble on a bit. We'll try that because um, we just want to test like how good in terms of duration of the podcast we just want to see what the best duration is for people listening and for people that might not listen regularly but every now and then they have a look so if you're a regular listener um, let us know what you think you prefer do you prefer longer podcasts like one hour plus or do you prefer let's say 45 minutes because i don't think we're gonna do any shorter than 45 minutes to be honest mm. but yeah so before we get into the book we'll go into our usual food for thought section I've got a couple of questions here today, and they were inspired by the book, one of them. So, first one, so the book's obviously about murder mysteries, and that's a lot of, a lot of her writings about that, and yeah, so I was wondering, what was your, like, growing up, who were your, like, favourite murder mystery characters, like, in films and books and stuff, and, like, detectives? I mean, I only knew Sherlock. Only knew Sherlock? About, yeah. like, mentalists, things like that? Oh, I thought you meant, like, as a kid. Anyone? Like, no, no. No, no. Um, yeah, Sherlock, the Mentalist, definitely. Did you ever watch Band Notice? No, what's that? Actually, a good show. It's a show. What is it? A murder thing? It's not really murder. It's like an ex-con artist. It all seems to be ex-con artists. I'm gonna get on this after, yeah. But yeah, he's an ex-con artist, and he's he basically becomes an inspector. And he's always, he's always a, not really an inspector, but he gets hired out to mm. solve uh, crimes, or whatever. And he gets in all sorts of like, all sorts of messes, and yeah, he's got a little bit of humor. A lot of them have a lot of humor in them, yeah. which I like. And I think it's something. It's like a, a trait that all the all the writers of these uh, murder mysteries have. It's like they're clever enough to have this wit about them, 
yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later. But yeah, watch Burn Notice if you haven't. No one else. Scooby Doo. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It was because of Velma. She just annoyed me. That's what it was. Yeah, it wasn't really Burn Mystery. She, she was just like at the end of it all. She was like, "Yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew it." All I knew it all along. What do you say from the beginning? Now? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like all of these good detectives seem to have like similar traits and personalities they all seem to be a bit weird everyone always looks at them in a bit of a weird way and like they, they all seem to be a bit out like they try and think outside of the box and like they come up with solutions that most of us wouldn't think of which is which is interesting I, I'm just thinking do you think there'll be like any real life detectives like, like that I just can't imagine they could they could be I would like to meet them <laughs> hopefully not on the, the criminals yeah. I think for me what makes like the ones which like really appeal to me is the ones that um like in a mentalist mm. he'll like explain like through different like because of these different like facial expressions and this and that like the psychology of yeah it. the psychology of it that uh, and the fact that they do that and it's more and you feel like it's more accessible to you rather than explaining it to yeah you. rather than them just being like yep yeah, i figured this thing out then it's like oh it's a thing which only he can do yeah yeah, I remember I watched like two episodes of The Mentalist and then I was just on the internet trying to figure out really? facial expressions. And <laughs> I learned one thing. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's like if you ask someone to tell you something. Go on and do it to me. <coughs> like, uh, do it to me and then tell me the trick after. Like, um, okay, just tell me something and I'll guess if it's, if it's a lie or if it's true. But you have to look at me. Uh, no, you don't. I'm thinking. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I can't think. That's just instinct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had eggs for breakfast this morning. That's a lie. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm too easily readable. <laughs> no, but you know why though? No. There was actually a reason because when you looked to like the top left, and like when you look to the top left, that's like when because that's like the creative side of the brain. So then when people look that way, they're usually coming up with something. Whereas if they look to the, like, if I look to the right like that, then that means that they're actually coming up with the truth. Um, okay, let me do, let me do another one. On. But now you know, now you're just, okay, go for it. No, but why not? <laughs> look. That was a flip. <laughs> okay. Yesterday I drove home. <laughs> I didn't drive home? I did. <laughs> uh, I fooled you, that's it. You're, you're a pathetic inspector. Yeah, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to catch the killer. I'm joking. doesn't, like, you know what I mean? You just look dead in the eye. But you're, already, you're already prepared. You're already prepared the, whatever it was. Yeah. If, like, in a natural setting, and I ask you that, usually people wouldn't be looking at me dead in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. tell me everything. Looking to yourself. Yeah. And I apologise. I have, like, a block nose, which is why I sound like an old yeah, white go. woman that's been smoking for 70 years. <laughs> Even Miss Credit, he's, he's still recording the podcast. He's still turning up, but yeah, um, this is one of the obstacles that, that I thought that we need to overcome when we when we when we pledge that we do fifty two episodes. But yeah, so yeah, I was just like, how are we gonna do it when people are ill? Hopefully, we don't get ill at the same time. I was sabotaged by my colleague. Yeah, yeah, I told him that basically he like um, sabotaged. <laughs> I drank from the same water bottle as him. Did you tell him you were recording the podcast? <laughs> First thing yeah, I, thought, oh, man, I couldn't get some habits. So. <laughs> Let me get to this guy. Yeah, and then I, was, I drank from the same water bottle as his, and then afterwards he told me he was ill. He says he told me before, but uh, I 
I believe him. I don't believe you, and I know yeah, you're exact. listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, back to the point. Yeah, it seems like all these detectives are like a bit weird, peculiar, and they're all intelligent, and they always seem to be at the right place at the right time. Why? <laughs> it's like their luck is just on point, or do you think like they picked up the knack to be lucky? I was just thinking like. Um, Imagine what they were like as children to become detectives. Like, what did, what did they go through? <laughs> like, just imagine. Like, the mentalist guy. What was his childhood like? <laughs> he must have been a weird kid. <laughs> like, all of them just must have been weird kids. <laughs> I feel like Sherlock would have been weirder than all of them. This is the thing. They could have been weird, yeah. But because most of them have, like, this intense knowledge of psychology and how to read people, it's like, maybe they aren't that weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's like something traumatic must have happened to them or something. I don't know. Because so if you're like most of the time, if you're like a weird kid, you'll be, you'll be separate from the rest of the pack. So. Mm. Or maybe that is like they are separate from the rest of the kids and they're, they're just they're analyzing them with the notebook, <laughs> 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 the clipboard, <laughs> like that guy from recess. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just weird. I was like, yo, just imagine, like, imagine your favorite detective and what he was like as a child. That would be weird. But yeah, um, question number two on future thought: Do you think storytelling? is a skill which can be practiced. I think that's a pretty self-explanatory one. Go, go for it. Wait, I'm asking you, man. (laughs) I'm I'm saying like, I don't think I need to explain the question. I think it can be. (laughs) All right. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) I feel like, um, because like, we, like, obviously it depends on if if you like read books or like if you watch movies and stuff like that, you can, see the way that in every story or in everything there's there's always that that one pattern that 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 just that goes through if it's like romantic that's why there's like different genres if it's a romance one it's like always about love and stuff like that yeah so even in like our lives there's there's like stories that you hear which then you could be like oh you know what if this was a bit more theatrical then this would be a pretty interesting story. Uh, yeah. And I feel like, obviously, it just then depends on delivery because we all tell stories like every day. Like, yeah. whether it's jokes or whether it's you just telling your friends about someone that did something. Like, it's, it's crazy the way that we all, lo- we all like act out different parts and like use facial expressions mm. and like, oh, then he said this, then then I did that. And yeah. you know what I mean? We're proper like into it. The only up. thing that would need uh, developing would be like how to, like the delivery of it. Mm. Like some people can tell a story really well because they know like how to change their voices, when to go like, I went to go low, when to go, to change when the to tone. like, yeah, when to change their tone. And to bring the people in, when to like push them away, all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, um, it is something that, well, I think it is something that can be developed. It's just how the, the more you do it. So what? Just come up with story, random stories. You come like not just random stories. Like start so off with something. Liar. Like start off with something simple. Like let's say like your parents, or like let's say how Tell they came. Your parents, like. No, no, about like, how they came to to the country or. Or like um, just you know starting off like that and then uh, making it a bit more theatrical, chucking some hurdles in there, maybe like them losing their arm or a leg, mm. seeing how they would survive from then on. Uh, so yeah, like small things like that. It's just like practice, isn't it? Mm. I feel like because we can all tell stories. It's just in us. It's just 
um, the more we tell them, the more we get engaged in it, the more you actually like the story that you're telling, mm. the better that you'll get it. You know what? Good enough to say about myself. I'm just going to move on to the next question. <laughs> I, think, I think you hit it on the head. Um, number three, do you think we can get an idea of the writer's personality as we read the book? Uh, For me, I would find it very difficult because writers are very good storytellers. Mm-hmm. Most of them are very good storytellers. I haven't, I would like, I haven't met a lot of writers, and yeah, I, I would need to meet some like regularly and, and like see if it correlates, mm-hmm. <laughs> like do a little study. <laughs> but I would struggle to to tell. I would struggle to catch their personality up because most of them are very good at like. Start stepping into the, the the shoes of another character yeah. and, and, this, and like imagining how the world would look from their eyes so I think that's like a paradoxical thing it's like they're so good at storytelling like their personality themselves will be difficult to to understand unless you're around them a lot yeah. so yeah it's interesting though. So I feel like with every like in really good stories you wouldn't be able to read like, who, the what, yeah, who the author is but I feel like some stories, like let's say the character on which you read episode two, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we can catch the author's personality and things like that where it's a bit more personal. Where you can tell the book is like quite personal to, to, to them. Yeah. To author. yeah. So if you like check the history and uh, yeah, I think you could you could get a little understanding of them. But yeah, it'll be one of the weird things that you know some you know more about someone than you, uh, until you uh, and then you meet them and they're like, whoa, how do you know this? How do you know this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that must be proper weird for them. Mm. Like, imagine, imagine that happened to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just crazy. Mm. But yeah, I think uh, it'll be difficult to tell the personality. But yeah, it'll be. I, I think I, I'm gonna try and like one day try and meet some writers that I look up to. And I think that'll be interesting and, and see if they they meet up my expectation of them. Like, who would that be? I got the Christian. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you probably say George George R. George R. R. Martin. Yeah. And like he he's an example of something that you wouldn't be able to read from the yeah, books. Yeah, I feel like he's just a closed. When book. I heard him like in an interview, he was like more of a comic book nerd, like more than someone that actually wrote the Game of Thrones. Mm. I was just like, this. Well, he seems like one of the fans. Yeah, more than like that. literally, because uh, he used to he goes to like Comic Con and he's like yeah. proper part of that stuff. Yeah, and I mean it's like you wrote the, like these books like mm. this is nuts. Mm. I don't know they're, all, they're all still just like normal human yeah. beings like us but like they just put their storytelling into words into yeah into words and, uh, yeah it's, it's interesting but I don't know off the top of my head who would, I, who would I like to meet I don't have a lot of I don't think I have like any authors that I genuinely like like that right now mm. yeah because I think because we've been reading so much like, like such diverse books yeah I haven't like pinpointed the author that I, I like just like that like George R.R. Martin's books I read them all <laughs> Uh, I mean the Game of Thrones books I read them all and I liked it but I feel like some parts were just very drawn out in my opinion now if you read it if you, and you watch the series as well mm. I read it before I watched the series I think and then uh, it's like it focuses on, each chapter focuses on one character or multiple characters yeah. and I feel like it, he's very detailed in his like world descriptions and stuff but I feel like sometimes it's not necessary in my opinion so it's just a bit drawn out in my opinion mm. but that's another part of that is because some of those characters aren't that interesting it's simple as that to be yeah. honest so I don't know I wonder how his thought process was like when, when he was writing that like writing the less interesting characters but they're still part of the story I wonder how he, he, he was thinking I wonder if he was thinking in the back of his head like I, I need to try and um, think of a more interesting character storyline 
but yeah. like right now I just got to continue writing to fill the gaps I don't know it, it's weird but yeah I would have liked to, I would like to like sit down with the writer one day and like just go through the thought processes with them as they're writing mm. uh, as think as possible <laughs> yeah, I, I think most writers would like to just sit in their own space and write in their own time without mm. any interruptions yeah that's me what about you you said George um, someone else that like to meet Okay, how, how about someone like from from the books that we've reviewed mm. who would be if you for could me. go like meet that person who would it be episode one was The Great Gatsby by Scott Fitzgerald yeah I'd need to read more of that work that's the thing like right now as weird as it is I, I'll go for Agatha Christie because these books I, I've been like really impressed with them like, yeah, the characters I really love these ones the characters in them just like make me it just captured my interest like real easily like I don't find any struggle whatsoever reading like those two books I just I could just pick them up and I'll just go straight into them but some of the other books I'll pick them up and I'll be like oh, I'm, here. I'm here now I need to read this book yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I feel like I'm forcing some of them because I don't enjoy the read from the beginning to the end yeah. so these ones I enjoyed the read from the beginning to the end to be honest so I'll go with Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie if I'm honest I was gonna say um, you want to go from episode to episode? Nah, what was, what was the... <laughs> Carry on now. Uh, Lewis Lowry. Murder on the Orient Express. Lewis Lowry, the giver. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like the way that she she made that, like her world-building skills. Yeah, you know what? I think we're going to be doing that this coming week, episode 12. Oh, we're going to meet her? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I'm joking. But, um, I think we should... Yeah, we're going to do the, the rest of the books. <laughs> In that yeah. series, episode twelve. <laughs> but yeah, I think we should tackle it sooner than later because I don't want to like forget that first book. Yeah, yeah, I've already got the other books. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're gonna do that for episode twelve. Just to, if you're listening, pay that in mind and read it, read along with us. I think uh, that will be make, that will make it more fun in terms of like interaction and stuff. But yeah, that's what we'll cover. And um, thank you very much for listening to the Food for Thought part of the podcast. And that's it for that. We're actually running on a very smooth time right now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've had a good conversation as well. Like, I don't know. How do we spend, like, the last episode was an hour or 20 minutes? Mm. I was like, Yo, how do we, like, why do we talk so much? Yeah, it's just like 40 minutes on. <laughs> yeah. On the intro. On the intro? What was that? What were we talking about? On the last episode? Yeah. I don't even remember. You see, it's like, it's like just things that were irrelevant. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're talking about a few things, no, personal like, things. Like influential yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, end of the food for thought section, and now we'll go into the book. We're just just about 20 minutes in, and the book, like I said, Agatha Christie, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Do you want to introduce it? Sorry about that. This is another Hercule Perrault. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, yeah. No, I'll say Hercule. Yeah, Hercule. Yeah, Hercule. Uh, Thank you. I don't know. Yeah, tomato, go, tomato. Go, go with what you want. Yeah, so it's a, it's another Perot because uh, she she doesn't just do like Perot. She's got other like detectives and stuff that she follows. But this one was uh, one about uh, Mr. Perot. And initially, I thought it was gonna be in like because it was in first person, so I thought it was gonna be in first person of him. Mm-hmm. But it actually, wasn't. It was in first person of some guy called James. Well, in the middle of the Orient Express, do you remember if it was in the first no, person? it was, was third. It, was it third person? Third person, or was yeah. it in the first person or the other guy that was with him the whole time? That was third person. Yeah, it was pretty much third person, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, first person of the guy that can't be in. Yeah, of James. Yeah, that's it. Um, James Shepard. And it's it, it, this like it starts off um, with him talking about like the little city that he's from, which is called King's Abbot. And in that little city, there's like it's just like it's one fictional. of those small. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I didn't do my research on that. Mm. Uh, but it's like one of those tight knit villages where everyone knows everyone, and like, and his sister is one of those gossiping uh, women that just go around and just like spreading news from one person to the other to the other. Yeah, it's interesting. And um, he's he's surprised at the fact that she knows like so many things about everyone in in the whole village, and she doesn't even like leave the house that much it's just everyone like the milkman will come and 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 spread some stuff then she'll spread him some stuff it's just like it's some next virus type of thing with gossip contagious gossip yeah uh and then essentially here's the thing are we doing spoilers no we can't do spoilers in this one i think we can cut like we can like we can mask it but yeah, yeah we can't. it's just it's hard to go around it but yeah it's, it's mad it's mad I, I enjoyed the book, man. Just go with your general thoughts. What yeah, was your so, opinion? So, this guy who... Um, the James guy is a doctor. And he knows this guy called Roger Ackroyd. Mm-hmm. And he's someone that's got, you know, like a lot of wealth. And, you know, like... Well, yeah. Actually, he, basically, he gets murdered. I mean, it's in Roger the title. Gets yeah, murdered. yeah. yeah. I forgot it was in the title. Yeah. I was thinking, should I, I say it? I was waiting for you to say it. I was waiting for you to say Yeah, yeah. He, he gets murdered. And when he does get murdered, uh, the doctor guy gets a phone call saying that basically um, the doctor's been murdered and he hurries over to the guy's house. And when he does go over to the guy's house, they basically see him with, like, him murdered on a chair. Mm. And then they call the police. The police come and the investigations and that kick off. Now, Hercule Perot is retired at this point. Um, and I believe that he's a lot older than, yeah. than the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. He's a retired guy who who's, who like just grows uh, cabbages and other vegetable he's stuff. He's known by Porot in the village. They give, uh, he has a nickname. What is it? What's the nickname? Porot. Porot. No, but they, they, he's like, he doesn't correct them because oh, yeah, he doesn't yeah, want to be known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's big humbleness. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, like, one of the women that are, that is close to um, uh, the Roger Ackroyd that was killed goes to uh, James and basically says, um, like, let's get this guy involved. This is, like, this is... Her, yeah, this is Perot. Yeah. And then they go over to Perot. And then essentially that's where the mystery and all of that stuff kicks off. Mm. So if you'd like to continue from there. Mm. Yeah, like Shimaki said, this is a, a very difficult one to skirt around in terms of spoilers. So yeah, it's, uh, uh, we'll try and mask it, but it, it, if, it, if it slips, it slips. It? <laughs> <laughs> so if you really want to read, read the book, yeah, I, I, I recommend it. It's like a, I would highly recommend the book. It's, it's interesting. And the writing is quite int- like humorous and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, if you're like really looking forward to reading the book, um, like pause here, <laughs> pause yeah. here and read the book, and then come back. It's about it's about two hundred pages, so yeah, it's not it's not a long read, and it's, it's it captures your atten- attention the whole time. But yeah, um, here's the thing, Hercule, 
in, in the first in the first book that we read in the Orient Express, he conducts his investigation by by speaking to every individual involved in the case, as you'd not you expect a, an, an inspector to do. Yeah. And then he does the same in this book as well, and um, throughout the whole thing, he's keeping he he's like keeping in contact with the or he's confiding sort of in with the main character. Um, James Shepard, who's also the narrator, like the, the, the narrator's voice, essentially, and uh, yeah, it goes throughout the whole thing until he discovers he, until he discovers the murderer uh, of the of Roger Ackroyd, <laughs> and it's just a maddest plot twist. Did you expect that? What the plot twist at the end? Nah, I didn't. You didn't expect it? Nah. Did it, Did it make sense to you after, like before he explained it all? What that it was him that done it? Yeah. Nah, like through like. When he before he actually said it was him, yeah, I was like, like there's only it's one all person leading to him. Yeah, there's only one person, and missing. I was like, but then he's the narrator, like so. Sharky, you just gave it away. <laughs> uh, you just gave it away, so. Yeah, you just gave just it away. like that, just like that. I told you, if it slips, oh it slips. Oh god, <laughs> I don't feel like. I you know what? That Forget off. it, man. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. We, we, we got to tell much. the whole thing now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I, I'm look. I, I'll you be honest. Yeah, I was answer him up nicely. <laughs> what do you mean? How, I wanted to tell you, my listeners. How can you ask me that? How can you ask me? Did you think it was him? <laughs> like, did you think it was him? <laughs> That's what, that's what I was like. What? Like, I got the inspector blood in me. <laughs> I got that detective in me, man. If you're a criminal right there, you'd be in handcuffs right now. <laughs> you just snitched. <laughs> yeah. So the so as Shumaki just said, <laughs> it was the narrator that that that, that killed oh, that killed God. the person. So the murder of Roger Ackroyd was done by the narrator. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Shumaki could have controlled himself. Oh my God. Oh man. But yeah, this is the thing. <laughs> this is what makes it interesting. I, I really want to talk about this. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I didn't intentionally set you up, but I was hoping you'd slip. <laughs> he literally said, "Did you think it was him?" With that? I thought you'd be a bit more tactful about the way you'd say things. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something like, um, "When I, as, as we were going through it, there was only one other person that it, that it could have been." So I, I guessed it was him or something. But yeah. Yeah, it turns out that, that the main character or the narrator of the, of the actual novel, who was, who was accompanying Poirot the whole time, was also the killer. <laughs> and just the way it was all written, and uh, the way that like, the, the the detective was conducting affairs, it, I just found it uh, like uh, like genius. I thought it was genius writing. Like, how do you come up with this plot? Like, where do you start? Where do you start? And it's like from the beginning, um, Poirot. He he confides in the doctor from the beginning, and like he's telling him how he's doing everything, but he's always holding him back on certain information. Mm. And did you think that was weird, or do you think that was just poor? No, that that was just how he did it. Yeah, because he he did like the same kind of tactics in in the Merrill yeah. Marine Express, where he would tell he would, he would tell them one thing, but it's not the whole thing. Mm. You know what the I mean? Whole truth. Yeah. Mm. That he tells you one thing, but in the, in the back of his mind, he's got like so many other things that are happening. That everything he says is a trap. Yeah, you know what I mean, kind of like we did to me. That's mm. what he's genius constantly doing to people. Mm. And yeah, I, I just found it like 
the way it was written, that's, this is why I'm saying, like, of all the authors, I think this is like, the, the way the writing was done is the cleverest for me. Like, if you compare it to all the other books we've read, <clears throat> it's just like, it's so, like, so many details that she created out of thin air, and like, she made it all into a story, and it all made sense at the end. Apart from the actual ending, like how the how it uh, essentially concluded, yeah, and that didn't make sense. But yeah, let's go back to the start. <laughs> but yeah, um, the murder happened, and then the inspector, he's so the doctor is like the doctor of the town. Like he's like he he knows the town throughout, like the whole town. So he knows all these patients, and they all come to him. It's a small village, and then. Um, so it made sense when he got called in to the murder. It made sense that he was called first. But then I thought about it after, and I was like, oh, that'd be a bit weird. Why did, why did they call the doctor first rather than a police officer when they can clearly see the guy's yeah. dead? Yeah. And then um, the other thing I found interesting was there was one point where the doctor was saying, um, working in the medical profession, it helps you identify when people are lying to you, which I found interesting as well. Like, that actually makes sense as well, doesn't it? It's like, how many patients do they see like every single day doctors yeah. and like every now and then I'm at the GP and the GP is like I might have something small like a cough or something like hey feel like I got some pretty bad hay fever and then they'll just be like just hey feel like just chill man. just yeah. go, go home <laughs> what are you doing here you're a big man yeah and then I'm just like oh, I hate this GP man. <laughs> I keep coming back here <laughs> but I was alright at the end and the GPs can see that because they see like the doctors can see that because they see so many patients every yeah. day yeah, I found that an interesting point. And the way Poirot was like conducting the investigation, I just thought it was genius, man. Yeah, you want to continue, continue on from there? Yeah. Um, what, as in towards the story of what plot. I think? Give it what you think and we'll, we'll go on from there. Yeah, I personally like the way that he was, like with every approach that Poirot was taking, there was like, with each person there was like separate methods that he took mm. like there was one scene where he took everyone back to like the room where it all happened mm. and he's telling the butler that was there and and the lady that was also in the house to like reenact uh, their scene like once they heard the alibis basically yeah and he basically was using both of them like trying to make them feel very like natural like yeah just show me like how it went but mm. they were subconsciously just letting themselves like they were letting off clues mm. um from the way that the woman went up the stairs to the way the butler like came in and what he noticed and what he saw mm. these small little like intricate details which because with every other like investigation or like person that's putting someone under investigation they're always like Oh, like, what did you see? We had like everyone's always like able to defend themselves, mm. but the way he would do it is like with every single person, he would he would make he'd be like kind Just to them, like so calm to them, like yeah, nah, like don't worry, madam. Just show me like what you did. Do like, you think everyone like he made everyone feel like they weren't guilty of the whole thing? Do you think he did that because he was? Uh... He knew who it was from from like early on. Early on, I think he knew who who it was mm. because he he kept he he did like say at one point that the main thing is that um, when he's doing this that he trusts like no one, like, yeah. no one's safe from this. Yeah. Despite him telling, despite him telling the doctor all of this stuff, yeah. 
and he's using the doctor like he's he's confining in him. Do you think he's like to be? Yeah, he's trying to get so much things out because from everyone else he's getting their alibis, mm. but whereas the the doctor like he's not getting that That's much thing. from him. He pressed everyone but the doctor. Exactly. And and then, and then he's also like he was chilling with the doctor the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Like just like figuring out his personality and stuff. Yeah. So I think he knew from early on, and he was just uh, like confirming all and his facts. I feel like uh, he knew that the doctor was, you know, a lot smarter than the others. The others, yeah. So, like the way he found out that the guy was, you know, when he was at the workshop doing stuff like that, he found out that he he was like, oh, like you're like good with this mechanic like, yeah. and stuff. And and the doctor was like open with him, like, Yeah, 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 I am good at these things. Yeah. But this whole time he was he was just picking up evidence. points against him, evidences, yeah. Mm. And I found the way like he did that was like it was very genius. Yeah. The fact that he, he, he didn't jump like and the one thing that I noticed as well with him <laughs> and like Sherlock is that they don't jump always to conclusions straight away. Mm. Even if they have like the end in their mind or yeah. what they think is the end, they'll evidence. literally wait right until the end, and then they'll be like, "Okay, like that's it. Like everything's all creased out at this point. That it has to be X, Y, and Z." He was doing the same thing as well. Like from the beginning, he wasn't like, "Oh, it had to be the butler. Or it had to be this guy." Even mm. though I was in my head like, "Oh, it's got to be this guy. Or it's got to be that guy." Yeah. Who do you think it was? Initially, I thought it was the butler. Butler. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. I thought it was another woman. Huh? Nah. I thought it was uh, Flora, the Flora, the the main f- female that called out the parole. I thought it would be like some kind of like guys. Like you called out the the police, but it was you that killed the person yourself. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. I don't think you. But was. yeah, everyone started get like everyone started getting cancelled out one by one, and then towards the end, you're just like, like no if way, it can't be, it can't be. This, there's only one guy <laughs> <Yeah>. left. <laughs> It's like you're not used to it, yeah. like the narrator being the killer. It's because yeah, the whole time you're you're associating with the narrator, and he's like, like a nice guy. Your the narrator is your eyes into the world, yeah, yeah. and then it's just like you almost feel like you me. did it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, that's why I, I think like it was a piece of genius in terms of writing, and like how it makes you think about each character and their psychology. And yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like in terms of writing, like genius, I think. Yeah, and the way like Perot got to know. The doctor as well, like yeah. through his sister, yeah. and his sister, because she was always talking. someone that always talked. Yeah, <laughs> so he loved that. So he would come around. Yeah, and he's then, like perfect. Yeah, so she she kept telling him like, oh, he was like that bit where she was like, oh, he was like, uh, or, or like you grew up without like parents. You could have been doing like some crazy stuff right mm. now had I not been the one looking after him. Mm. So that kind of led him to think, oh, this guy maybe does have a, like, I didn't think about a that. dark past. Yeah, that's see, that's mm. what I'm saying. Towards the end, like more and more, yeah, evidence. Because I kind of like understood his characteristics now. Yeah. The fact that like he's only being nice to you, so you open up. That's yeah. that's the only thing. Like he yeah. he said it to him. Like he doesn't <laughs> trust anyone. Like everyone, yeah. everyone can get it. But yeah, um, the more he was showing respect to the doctor, to the doctor, the more the doctor felt like ah, you know I'm gonna relax like. It's, it's not me at this point and it, the way the doctor was getting involved as well, in terms of like he was he was doing what Poirot was telling him, him yeah. Poirot was like trying to 
it's like Poirot was like trying to like build up his trust in the doctor's trust in him by by telling him to do things for him that he uh, he wasn't like if you tell someone to do something for you it means that like you trust them you're yeah. giving them responsibility and Poirot was doing that and the doctor was like helping out Poirot but little does he know like the whole time like he's he's on the investigation yeah, himself. yeah he's trying to see how well he does things yeah and he's like oh this guy's like he's pretty good with with his hands climbing running like he's able to understand things more so mm. more so than others. Um, like when he when he showed him the ring, and then he knew that that would be something that would be spread around that he would be doing that. Yeah. So you know, what I mean, stuff like you know him just trying to find out what kind of character mm. that the doctor had. Mm. Coming towards the end, and yeah, I, uh, it was mad, man. The, the plot twist at the end, I was like, yo. And then um, it's like you finally like all the, all the, the truth spills out. And you finally like get a real idea of the doctor, and he seems like a proper psychopath. Yeah. And then like he says towards the end, like it's like he wanted to test Paro. It's like it's like he knew Paro was involved, so he wanted to see how far he goes. To see if yeah, how like he good said, this guy. He really said he is. was writing a manuscript, yeah, or a book to to try and uh, like if Paro fails to release that and say like Paro failed the investigation. Like didn't you see yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, was, like, was waiting for him to slip up. Yeah, I was like, what? So what what happens after that? <laughs> so like what you borrow fails, he goes home and you release the book and then what? <laughs> yeah, what people just discredit? Yeah, <laughs> well you get pee out. I don't know. It, it, it was kind of weird that I ended up. And so was the murder on the Orient Express. And then it's like the murderer was was given a choice to to make uh, like borrow gave him a choice rather than like hand him straight to the police and then um, he done the deed. But in this one. I just didn't understand like why like the murder got found out and then Poirot you mean you mean, well, the, you mean the the people that own the train they got the choice yeah yeah. In this the one, murderer in this one he got the choice as well yeah he got the choice in this one why couldn't he escape the guy yeah because yeah, he, he basically said that that wasn't a form of freedom because if he did escape everyone knew everyone would know that that's him so they would just get caught but what if he like leaves the country and stuff yeah yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, that's why I just found it weird. But then, what would again, it happen? Because he knows who it is. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. I don't see why he couldn't escape. Because he was smart enough to create the whole murder plan. Like it was, that was an intricate plan. Yeah, it was. Like, you should have escaped that night. Huh? You sure? If he, if yeah, he that's what I'm saying. Why didn't he escape? <laughs> but he nah, Maybe he wanted to see. <laughs> he just wanted to test out. <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> but um, then I thought again, I was like, this guy isn't normal, he's a psychopath. So <laughs> it's like, he, maybe, like, yeah, maybe he didn't really care at the end. And yeah, the, and at the end, the doctor literally says, uh, tomorrow I'm telling the, uh, the inspector says, tomorrow I'm telling the police, I know who the, the, the killer is. And then he, he the, the truth spills out. Only the doctor and the inspector know. And then to save face, literally to save face, the... Uh, the doctor kills himself <laughs> like with his own like, medicine like he, uh, he pretends he pretends it's like an overdose mm. and uh, he pretends it's an overdose of sleeping pills or something and yeah it's weird weird to, uh, weird uh, weird of an ending to be honest so I thought he could have escaped but then again he's a psychopath <laughs> but yeah this is like testament to Agatha Christie's writing like this is like some genius writing like, the detail the detail in the murders like the crime that he committed the detail like in how Pyro like uh, investigating the psychology of all these different people yeah. and like the, the world around them 
And yeah, now again, even each like diagrams. Got... Yeah, there's even like diagrams in the book. Yeah, so I think it's like thoroughly well done. Uh, for me, it's a 10 out of 10. No, 9 out of 10. High 9 out of 10 because yeah, of the ending. Yeah, I'd say 9 out of 10. Yeah. 9, nine, nine out of 10 for me. But yeah, I'm definitely going to continue reading more. I got the Christie books, man. Like, these last two books that I've been introduced to, like these are really good. And in the first one, we didn't really get an idea of the inspector's character. It was, uh, it, it was sort of like a short train. <laughs> it took yeah. a couple of days in it. But this one, it was a bit longer. And the... the yeah, the inspector's character really shone through, and he, you could see like he was quite humorous, but he was really smart. And it's like it all makes sense at the end when the when the when the murder is solved. It all makes sense how the, like the inspector's personality like he's not actually that weird. He just he's just holding his cards close to his chest. That's, yeah, because he knows who the kid is. Yeah, so I mean, great book, great read. Definitely gonna recommend. What about you? Same thing. Yeah, I would definitely recommend um, this book as well as any other Agatha Christie uh, novel. A novel. Well, yeah, mate, yeah, you've only read two. <laughs> no, because I feel like cause, well, yeah, the writing. Because yeah. it's like for for the brief moments that you're reading it, you feel like you're in that world, you're in that city, or whatever it is, um, part of the investigation. And and I like like mystery type ones because it's always like. Because it's like a challenge for you as well. Yeah. Because you're just like, mm, I wonder who it is. Yeah. Um, you're trying to be like Perot, trying to figure out who it is and see their methods of how they are doing it. Mm. Um, and then, like, so, so just because of that, like the fact that it's not just because there are like some books which the writing and stuff is so good that this world you just sort of glide along through it through. The like uh, whoever wrote the books like point of view or like whether it's in first person or third person you're just there like only from their side following that story along whereas with this one is like instead of gliding through you're sort of like walking along seeing different things and coming across different obstacles and like oh yeah it's not this person and like damn I wonder why it's not so it's always getting you thinking more so like for yourself rather than thinking of like the plot or like oh i wonder if this is like his person's son or if this is the king to be like fantasies and stuff like that whereas this one is like "Mm, i wonder if it's him or like oh this guy's acting a bit suspicious you Mm. know it's more engaging engaging yeah Mm. and i feel like only certain people can do that and she's like really good mm. at doing that. That's another thing, another interesting thing about the time it was written, and like the the freedom that women at that time had, and things like that. And I was speaking to my cousin the other day about this. Another thing, I'm always saying this, but yeah, we always discuss these kind of things, um, and we're talking about um, how there's this idea that back in the day, like people had no freedom and people were like utterly suppressed. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah it can't have been that bad in terms of people are still alive but uh, yeah there must have been some people like enjoying their lives <laughs> so yeah it's interesting to see how um, yeah, a woman at that time was writing such like clearly written and like uh, like imagine a, a male reading this book at that time and like what she was a female that wrote that I yeah. think they would have been surprised but yeah it's really well written um, props to Agatha Christie and I'm keep on reading her books that concludes the murder of Roger Ackroyd Thank you very much for listening. This has been your boys from Inspire Entertainment. Pick up a book this week and enjoy.